Hello and welcome to the Gaffcast with me, Darren Gaffney. How he's doing? I uh, hope he's keeping well. And thanks for tuning in to the first episode of this podcast I'm starting. Uh, yeah, I hope he's liked that bit of an intro there to the podcast. I didn't really know what to do for an intro, so I just played a bit on the old guitar there. I'd say jingles probably average around 10 seconds. That was a bit longer. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get better at that. The podcast will be just a bit of a chit-chat and a bit of crack and taking a look at what's going on in the world during the week. And I'll mention, I'll mention any funny stories around I've heard and yeah, we'll have a bit of a laugh. So, more importantly, what is the crack? I hope COVID isn't making things too grim for you because it's been a bit of a shit year. And this lockdown's probably been the worst, probably because of the weather. Like, lockdown one, the weather was grand. You could go outside, drink a few cans, take it handy. And lockdown two, well, near the end, it was just a non-existent lockdown. But we would have ended up in a lockdown three anyway, because like other countries in Europe, they didn't have as strict a lockdown two, still ended up in a lockdown three. But this lockdown, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully you're on the final stretch because we have a vaccine. So addition to vaccine out now, I know it's slow and the supply is not really there. But it's it's better because like in the other lockdowns, those it just kinda you didn't have that there and you were still waiting on the vaccine to be made. I got COVID myself back in October, so the second wave. And uh, I was fairly sick for a while, but I lost my taste and smell. And it's really annoying because my smell is fucked still. And I can't smell bad smells. <laughs> that sounds rare. And I don't know the science behind why that is. But like, just say there was like a gone off pack of ham in the fridge. I wouldn't be able to smell that. And I wouldn't be able to smell gone off milk. So if I have chicken and I'm there and I want to know if it's gone off, I can't actually smell it. Well, I, I won't be able to smell if it's gone off. I suppose I could just look at the date. But uh, fairly annoying though. Hopefully uh, that gets better. And you think that actually wouldn't bother you, not being able to smell like bad smells. But it is annoying. <laughs> and there hasn't been much good things to COVID. Um, like there hasn't been much positives. Um, I suppose one of the good positives, or one of the positives is, you're not really expected to hug or kiss relatives anymore when you're saying goodbye or hello, or anything like that. That shite was awkward. I hate that. Now you can just be like, good luck, see you after. Give a nod of the head and go on your way. And it's not rude. So that's a positive. I think that's because it's probably an Irish thing and not really good with intimacy and stuff. But why, like, why the two kiss thing? Going in for two kisses on the cheek. What is that about? Like, is that necessary? <laughs> I don't have to do it now, so happy out. So that's one positive, uh, <laughs> strange old positive. Uh, yeah, hopefully things will go back to normal soon or else it'll just be infinity COVID uh, and things will never go back to normal. Like you'd actually just miss so many simple things, like just going out for a few pints and just slobbering around somewhere in a smoking area and scabbing fags at people that you don't even know. The good times. Probably took a, probably took a good bit for granted before. Then again, I was having this conversation with someone and then I was like, how are we supposed to know? Like, this is probably the first 
globally connected um, incident in uh, my lifetime. Anyway, oh, I suppose the 2008 crash, but I was younger then and it was different, like different sort of scenario. And I also wasn't really aware of all the implications then. But like, this is really the whole world. And yeah, it's mental. It's been a year. What the hell? Like, a year since that lad went and ate that bat. Fucker. He had to go and eat it, didn't he? I hope he's happy now. Like, that was the story at the start, that your man ate the bat, and then he gave it to his wife, and then... They actually survived, but that's how the virus started off. Like, I don't know how true that is, but if that lad is out there, I hope he's happy now and that bat, that, that bat was worth it. Yeah, the fact he survived as well, madness. I did read before that there was a scientist in caves near Wuhan for years before the, the outbreak happened, like studying to see if there was any viruses, uh, like coronaviruses that could be passed from bats to humans. But they fairly missed this one, didn't they? But, ah, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, you would get sick of talking about it. Like, I decided to stop watching the news there a while ago because it's just so grim and depressing. And it's always your man, Tony Houlihan, there, just giving so much bad news. And then, you know, the other lad uh, with the glasses, what's his name? I can't think of it. I've seen people calling him calling him the Armageddon correspondent because it's like oh it's the end of the world when he's talking it's just dead COVID vaccine lockdown cases dead so I made the decision a while ago to limit the old news intake good for the head though so it is good for the old mental health probably taking a break from social media also a good shape because there's a serious amount of slurry on there just pure skitter and it's all negative and people just, oh, it's definitely a good shot to take a break from social media. Uh, or go out for a walk or something. Go walk your dog. Go for a swim. Or bring your cat for a walk. I've never seen anyone walking a cat, but you could bring her for a walk anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, speaking, when I was just like, so pandemics and epidemics, I think an epidemic is like a scene that it was like within a region and then it's a pandemic when it's like worldwide. I know in the 80s there was like the AIDS uh, epidemic, global epidemic it's referred to, or pandemic. I'm not really sure, but like it's whatever, the HIV outbreak. And I've seen a really good series on Channel 4 called It's a Sin. It's about these lads in London during the the height of the the AIDS epidemic. And yeah, like it's mad because you can see the similarities between when COVID started and like this the outbreak yeah, of of AIDS and just how so much people were making up so much shite. Like you didn't know what to believe. And I suppose then as well, like they didn't have the internet and now we have that as well. So I don't know if that's a, a, a good thing or a bad thing because now you have so much information. And they had so little. But now you have to kind of wade through everything to find out what's credible and what's not. But yeah, back then in that, it's, you can just see it's all word of mouth of all this skitter <laughs> about it. And yeah, I think AIDS was like, oh, uh, HIV actually. Uh, it started in like Democratic Republic of Congo and transmitted from chimpanzees to humans. 
and then yeah, it just it just got out of hand. But there was so much stigma attached to it. So like back in the series, like like a lot of the, like most of the lads in it are gay, and yeah, there's so much stigma attached to it that a lot of the lads don't want to admit that they have it, and they never tell their family. So they just die in a hospital somewhere on their own without ever telling. <laughs> I know that sounds like a really grim series. Well, yeah, there's there's funny parts in it as well. Um, I'd recommend giving it a watch. It's uh, it's good because I hadn't seen that in good in a while, and it's actually uh, it's worth a watch. And you can kind of see how just the similarities with COVID and just the amount of shy talk at the start when no one has a re- no one really has a clue about the virus. Everyone last week was chatting about the Royals interview at Oprah. Prince Harry, the Ginge, <laughs> Meghan Markle. I watched it and I found it hard enough to watch at times. Just because, like, I think it was a good interview, but it could have been better if Oprah wasn't so just concerned about licking their arses. Like, for a good interview, I think you have to be a bit more inquisitive and try get to the bottom of the story. It was, like, if you're just interviewing someone, you're like, yeah, like, everything you say is whatever, I'm just going to go with it. Um, yeah, obviously the royal family is toxic and, like, a lot of the claims... Uh, are probably true but with every story there's obviously two sides to it and you'd nearly forget when you're watching it as well that like these are two people who have benefited enormously uh, from being part of the right family like the most privileged family like, if you're born into that family like you're one of the most privileged people in the world so you just forget that when you're watching it like <clears throat> they're now living in a massive house in California and they also had a huge wedding so that's not taking away or dismissing the claims because like, I'm not at all. I'm just saying uh, you could forget that when you're watching it. There is an argument there uh, to be made that, yeah, they have all that privilege, but they also have all the other negative stuff that comes with it, like the invasion of your privacy and all the negative press and stuff. But I suppose, yeah, that's the price of all that, and they want it out. But now this interview with Oprah has put them right back in the limelight. But they wanted to highlight their side of the story. So, so uh, yeah, I don't know. And Harry looks like some lad that should be playing like full back for a GAA team somewhere in Ireland. A big ginger head in him. Well, like Meghan Markle married into the royal family. So I wonder, could I do that? Is there any royal family girls my age? I don't think there is. And even if there was, the chances would be slim, I'd say. <laughs> They definitely all be worried about if the baby have like a big stupid Calvin accent <laughs> and would be a mong. But you'd be, I'd be fairly sorted then. Like just move into the Buckingham Palace, pack up the bags, well Elizabeth, any crack, I'm Darren. And I could do my own interview with Oprah then, exposing all the scandal inside the walls of Buckingham Palace. But yeah, that's never going to happen. So anyway... Moving on, um, every week I decided I'd pick a movie that I've seen recently and just have a chat about it and if it's good or if it was like bad and if it was worth watching. So the movie for this week is Everest. Uh, I think it came out in like 2015. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Uh, your man that played Spider-Man. And so is your one that plays uh, Claire Underwood in The House of Cards. If you've never seen The House of Cards, uh, you won't know what I'm on about. But it's about this expedition of uh, Americans who go up to climb Everest, I think in like 1996. And there's this storm that comes that they haven't um, been prepared for or wasn't expected. And yeah, the storm comes as they're on the way down from reaching the peak. 
and you get caught in like a blizzard and then it's like freezing and there's a load of avalanches and shit happening and like I was looking it up and I can get to like minus 48 up there on Mount Everest on a bad day minus 48 like that's colder than like the freezer like that's fairly cold and what I don't get is well in the movie like everyone was like crying and this lad's wife was ringing him bear in mind the wife was pregnant as well and she was like being rang and told oh your husband's dead he froze to death or whatever on the mountain and like she's there crying and everyone's like oh it's so sad like why did he go up the mountain in the first place like why your wife is at home pregnant and it was Kira Knightley playing the wife in the movie as well like she was a good looking woman why are you going tearing up Mount Everest with your pregnant wife at home expecting your child come on man sort your shit out here like that is stupid and like that is your fault if you don't want to die don't go climbing a mountain where there's a high probability that you might die so don't do it and then this other lad he actually froze and his face like froze onto the snow uh, <laughs> actually I know I'm laughing but it's actually this actually happened um, his face was like frozen onto the snow and he was like pulling it away and he was like oh here my face is stuck here and anyway he pulled it away but his fucking nose like stuck to the snow and he had known <laughs> he went up with a nose but he, <laughs> he came back down with none and everyone was like where is your nose lad and he was just like <laughs> it's stuck to the nose it's, <laughs> it's stuck to the snow up there Ah, oh, but it was actually rotten. Like, he lost his throne. His nose is gone. But he actually survived. They had originally told the wife that he was dead. But then he they, he came powder, powering down the mountain anyway with no nose. And his face was all... I don't know why I'm laughing. Like, this actually happened. But he was coming, he was coming flailing down the mountain. And he was like, ah, whatever. And she, his wife, was like high enough up. I think they were from Texas or something and they were like well connected. And they, she was told like, yeah, your husband's all right, but he's still only halfway down the mountain. And he's in like, like some sort of, they had like a little camp there set up like halfway up the mountain river and he was in there getting treat, treated. And he wasn't in great form. Like he was all frozen solid and stuff. Like really bad frostbite, but she went mental and was like, "Oh, here, really entitled kind of thing." And she's like, "Got this, rang a load of people and got a helicopter to go up and get your man." Like, so I think if he basically didn't get to a hospital soon, he was gonna die. But yeah, she went mad, and then this she got a helicopter sent up to him, and because the air is really thin up there, uh, like it's really dodgy for a helicopter to go up that high. And this lad, I think he was like. A Nepali lad, or is it Nepali or Nepalese? I don't know. Anyway, he got sent up with the helicopter, and I was barely fit to get up, up to your man. Like, why the fuck should that lad have to plow up there in a helicopter? Because you were so stupid, you had to go and climb the Mount Everest. Like, fair enough if you climb it, but like, don't fucking put anyone else's life at risk. Like, that's your fault if you got stuck to the snow and lost your nose, and then you're about to die. Like, no one made you go up there. And then this lad had to go up in a helicopter and the helicopter just about got up and he got to him in the end anyway. But like, if that lad in the helicopter had to die, like, it wasn't his job, like, because I don't think, like, you're not supposed to 
don't have rescues for my endeavors because they're like, oh, we obviously, if I don't go up there, like we can't be sending rescue teams up just because you plowed up there. Like, but I have nothing against people climbing my endeavors or climbing <laughs> mountains. I'm just saying, like, if you go up there, like you're putting your life at risk, right? But don't go crying when you fucking freeze to death because like that's part of what can happen. And apparently as well now, there's actually that many people going up Everest. There's a queue to get to the peak. So if you go up Everest, you'd be waiting ages to get up to the peak because there's that many people. So like next thing, they're going to need a torn site up on Everest, which is, uh, yeah, it's kind of anti the whole climbing vibe, like trying to get away from all the people in the cities and stuff. Next thing you know, you're shouldering someone to get up to the peak of Everest. And you can like pay someone a shitload of money to just bring you up to the top as well. Which is a bit shit because it should be like an accomplishment where you're training and stuff to get ready to be able to go up Everest. Now you can just be like really out of shape and just <laughs> pay someone to carry you up. Carry me there, will you? <laughs> and then you can just come back there and tell everyone you got up to the top. But you actually just whip some native to carry you up the whole way. But anyway, this lab with the no-nos got rescued. And I don't know if you can smell now or anything, but he's alive. So fair play to him. So I hope he's enjoyed that absolutely unbelievable review of a movie there and the podcast in general. Um, I'm still learning the ropes, so there's some parts a bit rusty. And my accent at times probably makes some things difficult to understand. But hopefully every week I'll get a bit better. So... Thanks for tuning in and please don't forget to like and subscribe and I'll see you all again next week. Good luck.